Well, what's up, folks? It is episode 104 here, and it is actually, as we just mentioned here with uh, Kelsey, it is New Year's Eve Eve. Kind of funny to say that, but uh, it was the day before New Year's Eve. We hope that everyone enjoys their time with their friends and family, and please go out and celebrate, whether it's at home, friends, wherever you go, just make sure you're safe, because unfortunately, when it comes to the celebration, you have to make sure there's not too many people celebrating too much on the road, so be careful on the travel, so if you're out in the club, if you're out just having fun or you're even home, going to a friend's house, make sure you drive safely home. And if you're going to drink, please remember to leave the keys at home, leave it with a friend, and do Uber and Lyft to make everyone safe and sound at home. I know down here in Florida, you can call your local sheriff's department. Uh, if you can't get the ride, they would actually take you home, not behind bars, but they'll actually take you home for the safe ride home. So here in Florida, Polk County is doing it right. So by the way, Again, with everyone tonight, we thank you for tuning in. And whether you're tuning in from Brazil or Uruguay, from overseas, our 28 states here stateside, we thank you for tuning in. Tonight, we have with us Kelsey Nicole Nelson. And on the other side of this, I will tell you exactly everything she is involved with because I don't know when this young lady gets a chance to breathe other than being with us tonight because she is so crazy busy. And I'm thankful and grateful as Fuji and the rest of us are here tonight to have wrong with us. So stay tuned because we plan to have some good fun within the next hour here with Kelsey, because again, we know her time is precious, but we appreciate her coming on for everyone else. We hope once again, that everyone has a great new year's. This is episode one Oh four of course, live in the LG sales solution studio with LG And with all that being said, I'm angel. This is broad reset. Now, of course, the other gentleman in uh, my dear life here that I cannot do the show without, it is Fuji, also known as the Godfather. Now, listen, I keep telling you that one of these days here, <laughs> you will never get me. We'll see. What's up, Fuji? How are you doing? Week 17, birds, Washington. It's playoff making time. Time to go down to FedEx and clinch this game, baby. We got Kelsey in the house looking forward to talking to her. Let's get right to it. How are you, Angel? Happy New doing? Year, everybody, too. Yeah, definitely. Happy New Year to you as well. It is a balmy 85 degrees down here in Tampa, Florida, which is absolutely fantastic as the Outback Bowl will be played tomorrow in the same temperature, in the same atmosphere. And by the way, for those hanging around Tampa and Clearwater, there will be New Year's Eve fireworks celebration at 12 o'clock so i'm pretty sure everyone who's going to spill out of raymond james stadium will either go back to clearwater and celebrate with the rest of the college gang and or stay in tampa so there's a lot of stuff going on down here in the past couple of days and it was good celebration by penn state at clearwater beach today it was absolutely fantastic so uh good times down here in florida but i was i was add to the screen here if i can get the words out like, sometimes you just got to garble i don't know understand it but it's okay but as you guys can see here on kelsey nicole nelson.com and as we stated here in the beginning opening mantra of the show is uh one thing is the legendary and i will call it that way because in her short career how much she has created and what she has done but tv sports radio reporter personality professor award-winning journalist you name it, she has done it. And there's one thing that I, I want to read here right off the site because this is, I think, the most thing that touched me as I've been getting more and more information from Kelsey. But 
the one expert that I could take here from the website says Kelsey has been invited to numerous events to announce games matches, including the city open tennis classic. When Kelsey is not reporting, Kelsey also speaks to youth about the importance of her education through her community action project books, breaking borders books to end educational bankruptcy, where her aim is eliminating illiteracy and closing the achievement gap in minority communities for her work. Kelsey has received many leadership and community awards as well as citations. Earlier this year, Kelsey was named DMV Sports Media Person of the Year in 2016. Kelsey was awarded as the 2016 Phenomenal Woman of the Year from Be There magazine. And in 2017, she was the honoree of the WKYS Top 30 Under 30 2017 class for being a top sports reporter and advancing women and minorities in sports. In 2016, Kelsey completed her reign as Miss African American United, where her platform was improving the public education system and youth bullying and highlighting all women are beautiful campaign to improve self-esteem in young girls. Before her national reign, Kelsey was previously Miss Maryland African American United and Miss Teen Maryland African American United. Today, Kelsey hosts many events and serves as a motivational speaker, speaking across colleges and countries. And with that being said, I will add Miss Miss Kelsey Nicole Nelson here to the screen. Kelsey, how are you this evening? I'm fantastic, fellas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a little jealous you talked about how warm it was in Tampa because we had a cold and rainy day here in the DMV. So hopefully after talking with you all, I bring some of that warmness out to this area. But again, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for bringing me joy on a night where we don't have football. Like, I'm, I'm sad we don't have <laughs> football today. So enjoy the bowl games. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kelsey. Thanks for taking your time out to come on. Of course, thanks so much for having me. I'm in enemy territory, though. I have to warn y'all. I'm in enemy territory. Philadelphia, <laughs> so I got to bring the best of DC. <laughs> Any other territories that team down in Big D, but I'm not getting into that. <laughs> I'll save that for another time. <laughs> That'd be a whole different show than when I'm doing that one. But as you guys can see here up in the screen, you can follow, of course, the real K Nelson, Kelsey Nicole Nelson on Instagram and as well on Twitter, which we here at the show, of course, follow as well. So we can keep in contact and in tune with everything that's going on with Kelsey. And, and I tell you what, as, as I mentioned here in the very beginning, first of all, uh, much kudos to you. And, and before I forget to, because I see another young man that's a part of the show here before I forget him. Dylan, down here from Tampa, I want to make sure I get you in, Dylan, as I see you there waiting in the green room. Dylan, how are you this evening? I'm doing good, guys. Great to be on the show, as always, again, and good to see you, Fuji and Angel. As always, Happy New Year to everybody here. This is an exciting time as we're approaching the 2022 year, and just excited. We have football going on, so I'm, I'm really excited for the this time of year. Thank no, you, Dylan. How are you? I'm yeah, doing good. Happy New Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve, as we're saying, we're, we're saying on this. <laughs> exactly. But Kelsey, I, I want to ask first and foremost, and, and first of all, for those who don't know DMV, which most people believe it's the division of motor vehicles, unless you live in <laughs> the DC area, then you have DC, Maryland, Virginia. So just to get that out there, because some people are going to look at them like, what's DMV for? So that's exactly <laughs> what it stands for. Uh, but I want to, I want to ask because, in uh, part of your bio, you grew up with a with a sports family. So yes. I'm I'm not too sure if you can state exactly whose roles were in that family as far as in sports. But if you can share that with us, that would be absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah. So, you know, I tell people all the time, I grew up in the DMV, but I used to spend my summers in Jackson, Mississippi, in Louisiana. So I am an East Coast girl with the Southern twang. I like to call myself that. And saying all that to say, like, in the DMV, we had all the sports teams. I grew up a daddy's girl, so I definitely have a girl's dad. It's me and my sister growing up, going to Westminster, going to Baltimore Ravens training camps and Washington Wizards games, Washington Mystics games. And of course, when you're down south, you guys know it's church and football. So that's literally had been my life. And so sports has always been a part of me. So shout out to my dad for getting me into this early played a bunch of sports growing up but yeah my family there was always sports on the tv i had doug williams jerseys uh posters growing up in my bedroom so it's only it's kind of easy to see how i got into football and fell in love with football um as my first love so i'm thankful for those experiences and now i'm excited to share that i'm living out my childhood dreams so yeah thanks mom and dad for letting me uh, watch sports all the time and play sports and i still have the bruises and scars to prove it but they were well worth it <laughs> kelsey I, I was reading in your uh biography that you cover the Orioles and some University of Maryland sports Yes, as well. Yeah. So first off, shout out to my University of Maryland, Maryland Terrapins. We just got our bowl win seven and six on the season. A very exciting time here in the DMV area. Super, super excited for that. As you guys know, it's been growing pains for the University of Maryland since this transition happened to the Big Ten. But finally, I feel like we're starting to put some respect on Maryland football and the Big Ten name. So that was huge. The Orioles, you know, we need some more positive vibes and spirits going their way. That's a whole other subject and topic. But, you know, lots of lots of fun right now here in Maryland as we like to say Maryland crab cakes and football, that's what Maryland does. So Vinny's still celebrating Mike Loxley. Uh, Maryland was in a drought of a bull one, so we're very excited about the Terps. And hopefully, hopefully this is a good sign for next year as Mike Loxley is starting to bring in more DMV area recruits and lots of talent from here in the DMV area. Nice. So, Fuji, I'm sorry, you had something else? Well, I was just going to say, are, are you a Ravens any Ravens connections or a fan of the Ravens? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I was helping all the time. So in the D.C. area, it's really interesting. Where I grew up in Montgomery County, you'll see a lot of Washington football team fans, and it's because Montgomery County is a suburb right outside of D.C. But I say I grew up in Maryland. So for me, Baltimore has always been my love as sports. So I grew up a, a, a Baltimore Ravens fan. I am a fan, of course, going back to that 2000 Super Bowl and that defense, and then going back to 2012 and that other Super Bowl. I mean, the Ravens have just been that organization. Even though right now they're hurting, but I, you know, I always say, Baltimore Ravens are my first love, but Washington has paid me. So I have a love for both, but Baltimore Ravens are definitely what I grew up with. And lots of greats there, as you guys know. So yeah, Baltimore Ravens sports fan. <laughs> were you ever a Colts fan at all? Yeah. So, you know, the Colts were obviously before my time, but yes. And so we're still hurt. We're still very hurt about the Mayflower leaving in the middle of the night in Baltimore. So, you know, we see the Colts doing well here, but not everybody in Baltimore right. um, is happy for their excitement. But, yeah, I mean, just you talk about the legacy of them. And I've had many previous Colts players uh, on my podcast listening with Kane and just talking about just the greatness of those days. And we're glad the Baltimore Ravens are continuing just the great winning ways. So right now, times are pretty good, of course, in Baltimore, uh, even though there's a big game coming up on Sunday for them. But not so much in Washington. So the impact. Yeah. MV is happy, but the D part is is not as happy about what's going on right now. <laughs> right. That's Rams right. and Ravens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But the, uh, exactly. When I moved, so when I got out of the military, just to, to kind of put little things here in perspective, I moved out to Prince George County out there, PG yeah. County in, in Maryland, and ended up having a, a, a fun time out there before I moved over to Baltimore County. Finally, eventually over Baltimore. Ended up in Towson before I ended up back in Philly. So I, I know as far as the area, and it's Funny because as Philly fans, of course, we you know we we outnumber anyone when you come into Philadelphia, but when you're in the DC market, it it's just like Philly. Philly wears their jerseys 24-7-365. Yeah. 
DC, yeah. no different. It's the same exact way. You can go to a to a soccer game down there. Same thing. I mean, that doesn't matter where you go. And I think it's just you know, France being proud of obviously their team and their organization. Uh, we've seen obviously, and we'll we'll come to you watching a football team tonight. And I will explain to you as I sent you the message on Instagram. So normally, <laughs> when Washington was trying to figure out their new name for their team. I yeah. came up with the, the District Columbia University because they were they were out there just trying to figure out exactly what they were. So <laughs> here we refer to them as DCU. But for you know, I, I would imagine bringing Ron Rivera in, and you would probably know this a little bit more, Kelsey. But bringing Ron Rivera and the history he had with the Carolina Panthers, and then bringing yeah. that same kind of culture and that mentality to Washington again, a town filled with blue collar workers, hardworking yeah. folks, you know, and making sure they take care of their own. But has his presence in DC been felt not only just with the team, but also in the community? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought up the culture and history of DC. DC is a football town. Do not let anybody tell you differently. You will see burgundy and gold everywhere that you go. And you'll hear the old stories about what RFK Stadium was like. This is the glory that we want the football team to go back to. We're always reminiscing on the hog days of DC. This is why it was a big deal for hopefully Joe Gibbs, who was going to do the coin toss to be at that game, because we remember what he did for the city. And you bring up Ron Rivera, and I bring up Joe Gibbs because I hadn't heard anybody even compare compared to Joe Gibbs in a long time. But lo and behold, Ron Rivera comes to Washington and fans are really excited. He brought two things, leadership and accountability. And those were two things that many fans felt like was not in the Washington football team front office for a long time. Ron Rivera, you talked about what he's done football accolades wise. It was tremendous. It was huge. But also, I think we have to talk about what Ron Rivera sharing his cancer story with us. So many fans latched on to that and him being there for the team and really being open about it. That brought a lot of people even closer in. And then what did Ron Rivera do last year? NFC East division champions and each everybody on that team was playing for each other, truly playing for each other. And that's something that the Washington football team, as you guys know, Washington is in, is in the headlines a lot for things other than football. But I think mm -hmm. Ron Rivera focused back on football and that was super important and once again you know the guys trust in him believe in him and now Washington I think is a place that players are thinking about coming and it's a large reason because of him you talk about his Carolina Panthers background I mean a lot of those Carolina Panthers now are ending up now in DC we're always laughing at how a lot of the former Carolina Panthers connections somehow find their way to DC but Ron Rivera I would say is truly somebody that the fans are believing in and even though the season has been rough Fans in Washington are glad that he's here because they finally feel like there's some stability at that head coaching spot. And that's something, again, that we've needed for a while. Now they're just hoping for stability at that quarterback spot as we continue to try to find that franchise quarterback. But I will tell you all, Ron Rivera is very well respected. If you see him out in D.C., people will run up to him, want to talk with him, get a picture with him, his wife, his daughter, who also works for the team. Uh, the Riveras are in Washington to stay, and everybody's loving Riverboat Ron and what he's done, even though the end of the season, of course, has kind of transpired for the Washington football team. Fans are still having hope in those last two games. Well, going back to last year, you know, ten, you know, when Washington played Tampa Bay and pretty much had them on the ropes to the very end of that game. Where yeah, and that was huge. I mean, you brought that up because, you know, this is when we say the legend of Taylor Heineke was born. And I say that because that's a phrase on some of the T-shirts down here. We all remember that leap to the pylon that Taylor Heineke did and almost beating Tom Brady. Everyone thought that the Washington football team would be counted out. It would be an easy, breezy game for the Buccaneers. And lo and behold, that was a great game of football. And really what people sure thought was. Heineke was heart. And heart was needed because you guys have to remember the quarterback carousel that the Washington football team has gone through. Washington mm -hmm. games were so heart 
heartbroken for what happened with Dwayne Haskins. He had ties to this area. He was supposed to be the guy. And then lo and behold, we saw that unfold. Taylor Heineke comes in out of nowhere, taking college engineering classes, sleeping on his sister's couch and does the impossible. And remember, for millennials my age, they haven't seen the Washington football team good in a while. And honestly, the last quarterback that fans really believed in was RG3. And I tell people all the time, the RG3 era in Washington, D.C. was unlike any thing. RG3 was truly a god in this area because that's how electric he was that rookie year. So fans were believing in Taylor Heineke. They wanted him to get a contract and they really did have hope that hopefully he could help to change the, the you know team around. And lo and behold, that's when people started really seeing that Washington did have something in the water with this team. We didn't just have a receiving core, but we had a guy that could lead them. So I think last year, as you said, that was kind of the re rebirth, I'll say, of the Washington football team and fans going back in the stands. You can look at the, the season ticket sales went up after that playoff game for this season because of that. Because prior to that, fans weren't even excited to go to Washington football team games. I remember at one point last season, there were $4 ticket folks on StubHub. It was embarrassing oh. <laughs> until the team changed that tide around. Now, of course, we're a little bit disappointed more recently because we've had more away fans in the stadium, and that's multiple reasons why. Not just with the play on the football field, but some fans being more mad at some of the management, some of the stuff going outside of the football field for the Washington football team organization. But I'll tell you all, many people were very very happy when Taylor Heineke signed that contract simply because what he did last season in that wild card game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kelsey, when you talk about RG3, I want to bring up Alex Smith. Now, yeah. you talk about a guy that I forget at least a dozen surgeries on his leg. And mm -hmm. for what that man went through was had to be a living hell. Can you yeah. touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so I think the whole Alex Smith story was just really difficult because, of course, Alex Smith was another guy, well-respected, well-loved throughout the league. And Washington fans had been calling for a while for a veteran to come in and take charge of this Washington football team. He comes in, and then, of course, you see the injury happen. And this is a Washington football team that has seen injuries happen far too many times to our quarterbacks at that quarterback position. So fans, of course, know the story. I mean, I talked about RG3. You can go back to Theismann. Like so many different players, unfortunately, have gotten hurt um, in that way. But Alex Smith, for what he tried to do and to come back to the football field, I think that just showed fans the resilience of the Washington football team and what guys really wanted to do for this team because they had a belief. And I think fans really seeing, I think Project 11 was, was eye-opening. It's one thing to hear about somebody having like a certain amount of surgeries, but to actually see see the leg and to see what he went through and the skin almost oh, yeah. falling off. Like it was crazy. And to think this guy still wanted to play football. That had been me. I would have been exactly. long gone. I would have collected my check and been very long gone from football <laughs> playing with my kids. And so I think many of us believed in Alex Smith and began just the heartbeat that he was for the team and also being in the other quarterbacks ears and being there for them, being somebody that they could rely on and lean on. I think that was huge because I think we've seen Alex Smith go through an up and down career throughout his entire tenure. And of course, Washington, we thought would be a resurgence point. It didn't end as we wanted it to end, but I think lo and behold, Washington fans will forever be thankful and grateful um, for Alex Smith. Actually, when I started working with the team, I donned the Alex Smith jersey and I said, don't call it a setback, call it a comeback. And that's exactly what he helped the Washington football team to do, have a comeback and really start to get more respect within the NFC, especially after the Washington football team had been, I'd say, disrespected for a long time because of their play on the football field and after all of the losing seasons. It's absolutely true. Dylan? Kels, excuse me, Kelsey, you mentioned respect. Obviously, there's a young man by the name of Chase Young who has built his names up to this point so far 
in Washington, you know, what has kind of been the, you know, kind of thoughts around, you know, Chase Young up to this point? Obviously, he's been an electric player on the field, and he's really kind of been, honestly, the anchor up to this point for a very young and kind of almost, you know, rising defense for this Washington football team. I think it's really fun to watch, and he's a, he's a definitely a scary guy in the trenches. <laughs> definitely a scary guy in the trenches. And the trenches is where we always in Washington, we want the battles to be won. Chase Young, I mean, again, we love our own in the DMV area. And the Chase Young has really been the DMV's son. We had talked about earlier Prince George's County. He's from Prince George's County, had a stellar career. And then when he got picked by the Washington football team, really living up to the expectations. And we saw what he was able to do as defensive rookie of the year. And it was great, actually, because I had a chance to talk with his father, Greg Young, who is also a stellar athlete himself, and just Talk about Chase Young's emergence. And Chase Young really does love the game of football, but focuses on the game of football. So really it was having him as an anchor, Montez Sweat as an anchor, and Washington football team fans really started to believe. And fellas, let's remember at the beginning of the season, Washington's defense was supposed to be the entire defense that everybody wanted to try to beat out, right? They were supposed to be that team on paper that was just going to be scary because of the names that they had. And I think our Washington defense, you see first round pick guys that are actually actually showing up and being more than just what it is on paper, but showing up when it matters most. I think Chase Young, of course, I think the season fans were a little disappointed about his production and play before he got injured. There was also fans who were not as happy that he openly mentioned missing an OTA because he had to make money, baby, and uh, shoot a commercial. But all that to say, again, we forgive those things. He's a young guy, but a guy that truly changed talking about defense in Washington. And for a long time, if you wanted to talk about defense in this area, you went across the highway and you started talking about the Baltimore Ravens. But now we're talking about defense in Washington. Chase Young, a large part of that, a big leader, and also a guy that got many fans going back to the Taylor Heineke discussion to believe in Taylor Heineke when he pointed to the back of that jersey on national television and show people the, in the world who Taylor Heineke really was. Kelsey, as far as the Tyler Heineke situation, I'm not sure what the contract, what he signed for, but you don't think it's another issue with, like, with Kirk Cousins, do you? Ooh, oh, my gosh, you're getting in sensitive waters here in, in D.C. right now. In that game, look, again, we, we, we go through a lot with our quarterbacks. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up Kirk Cousins because some are saying now Kirk Cousins is making the Washington football team eat their words. But I think Taylor Heineke, he is on an addition. Let's remember, though, he has Lee Steinberg as his agent, one of the best agents in the game. And so I think that does matter. But I think this year really is an audition for him. And I think, unfortunately, the last couple of the last game definitely didn't hurt. It definitely hurt his case, but I think he's also had great success. But Washington truly is looking for that guy. I've said multiple times, I think right now he's auditioning to be a backup with Washington. I still don't think he will be the solid quarterback moving forward as Washington tries to find the franchise guy. But that's what this contract was for him. This year, he was supposed to prove his worth as the kind of, I'd say, I mean, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to be that guy. Then he went down and then Taylor Heineke really had a chance to step up. And there were bright spots and bright moments, but I do think this is a huge test for him, especially this next game against the Philadelphia Eagles to see if he's able to be more than what we saw last year. And we really want it to be more than a dream with him and more of a reality. So again, I think the clock's still out on it. I think he does have some love and support, but he's going to have to hopefully change some things around. Because again, this is a Washington football team that at minimum, we wanted to repeat as NFC East champions. Of course, we've seen how this season has played out and the Dallas Cowboys have probably shocked the world with <laughs> 
they're great right. play this year. Um, but I think we're still we're still nobody's fully sold, I'd say yet, on Taylor Heineke. Even though again that he is loved in this area, he's not worshipped yet like RG three. So he still has some proving. He still has some proving to do for the coaching staff and fans. Did you say after the Dallas game last week with the turmoil on the sidelines, there's oh. definitely a lot of tension in that locker room going into this week? Oh, of yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, the sideline antics, let me just say this, like it was an embarrassment for the organization. The fans were just, I mean, I, I, the fans that went on the trip, I mean, nobody could believe what we saw unfolding on the sidelines. And again, this is a Washington football team. That has been through a lot, but I think the frustration that you saw was just guys just being frustrated about the play happening on the football field. You know, after the Eagles game, you know, Jonathan Allen talking about, you know, even through adversity, still needing to win. I think that was a very important point. But what we saw between Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, two guys that for the most part, if you talk to them, I would say they're loud on the football field, but generally quiet guys, respectful guys, guys that you just wouldn't expect that out of. Deron Payne, especially, I'd say he's even more quiet. And Jonathan Allen being a captain, a leader on this team, the second time that he's up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for this team, just to see how frustrated that they got. I think you just see, unfortunately, all of the turmoil and frustrations boiling over. And that was a bad point. And I'll point out, too, that I think a lot of fans were also disappointed um, in the leadership aspect of the coach not going over and actually trying to calm the guys down. But I think what you saw there was a team that was tired of losing, a team, a defense right. that was tired of being embarrassed is the word that I'll use. And guys not taking the responsibility for themselves. And so I think the sideline antics, again, was just accumulation of just a lot of bad that was happening in Washington, especially on the defensive side of the football. But definitely, I think it's hopefully solved. Uh, it will better be solved than even hopefully solved because they've got a big game coming up on Sunday. They've got a 4% chance of making the playoffs. But again, just lots of questions after that. But I think many were just like, wow, a lot of that stuff maybe happens in the locker room. Let's do that on primetime TV against a divisional rival. Many old timers had called that, that game a mockery. Like many people were embarrassed after that game. And honestly, People weren't even talking about the score. We were talking about what happened, the heat the heat on the sidelines. I really just took over everything. And, of course, as you guys know, after that, nothing else was the same. I'm sure Ron Rivera, you know, the caliber coach that he is, set them straight and, you know, they'll be ready to go Sunday. They better be. Our fans have at them. <laughs> no, no matter how good the, the division is or how bad it is, the rivalry is always just the cream rises to the top with it. You could be the best team against yeah. the worst team, and except for you know Sunday night, but you know the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles, Washington had their battles, the body bag game, and so on. Yeah, and like you talk about, this is a huge game. I remember last year being on shows talking about Washington and Philly when Washington was in the opposite spot, and Washington, of course, was playing to get into the wild card in the playoff spot. And then this year, Philadelphia Eagles have had an emergence, um, and Washington seeing if they can spoil the parties. I think both teams know they need this. I'm actually excited that we're ending the games with these NFC East battles because they all matter. As Chris Pompey said, yeah, the Eagles are going to need a big start, but I think this is the type of game that you truly, I tell, especially people who are betting, this is a hard one because you just don't know what you're going to get when you have two hungry teams that are looking to prove themselves in this matchup. Exactly. That's true. Now I want to bring up a couple of things here before we, uh, we get into some more stuff here, by the way, if anyone's heading down there to Washington this weekend and you want to take a road trip without having to actually drive, Look up phillysportstrips.com. Once again, phillysportstrips.com. There are 15 seats still available and 20 
tailgate only passes still available. So check out uh, phillysportstrips.com. So you guys can see, uh, obviously there on the pictures, you can see the Eagles fans and Kelsey. I know, you know it's, you're looking at Eagles fans there. But for <laughs> the fans who want to take just a road trip down there, please, again, visit phillysportstrips.com. And you guys can get all the action there uh, as you see up there on the screen. Kelsey, there's a couple of things that I want to bring up and uh, a couple of questions here as well. I want to go way back here to our good friend, Rick Marcus, who didn't every single week. Uh, first of all, he says, happy new year's to everybody. And then he wants to ask you specifically, what does a normal day look like for you? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. So I don't even know if there's a normal day. This is what happens when you freelance. Every day is crazy different, but usually waking up with the phone in hand, seeing the latest updates, seeing what I need to tweet and what's happening with the football team. And then of course, usually having to tune into press conferences, seeing the latest with practice. And then I usually do a lot of this. I do a lot of different appearances, hopping on shows, talking about now currently either the Washington football team or the Washington Wizards a lot. Um, and then I'm doing a lot of work. So actually now my days now have comprised of me. I'm actually building out three websites, which has been a lot of fun. Wow. And I get them done before the year end. So late at night has been me, my computer, and a gosling ginger ale uh, to finish the night. So everything's been pretty different. Phone buzzing, of course, always with different news. Um, and then, of course, usually having the TV on some type of sports. So right now I've been enjoying the bowl games, but I'd say there's really no typical day, which I actually like. It's not for everybody, but I actually love that every day is different. You just always got to wake up ready and prepared. That's such a great question. <laughs> so true. I want to bring up, I'm going to bring up Sean here. Uh, another guy, another friend of the show here, Sean Corain. Um, the one, the one thing I want to bring up as well is too, and, and you just mentioned right now, Kelsey, as busy as you are right now and building different websites, how hard is it for people to understand when you're creating your own content, you're putting yourself out there for people to take you serious, to, to make them understand it. This is for real. This is not, you're not a fly by night operation. Like some people, you know, we've seen one hit wonders. They come great hit. They're gone. So, Explain yeah. to people out there how tough it actually is, the hours that you have to put in to create such valuable content for then people to see. And then, of course, have you go to like Fox Sports Network, NFL Network and other networks as well. Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, something I always say, it's been like my saying is not new to it, but true to it. I think that's what you have to be thinking about, which means you need consistency in the work that you're doing. I remember starting out in the D.C. market. It was really hard because we've had so many greats come through this market. It's a big city. And I have to make sure people knew who I was. And yes, I had went to University of Maryland in Georgetown, but still having to really establish a base with the sports fans here. And like you said, it's getting your voice out there, making sure that your content is good accurate that you're putting your best foot forward and that you can have other people also speak on behalf of you. And I think you guys are doing it just here. You know, when you're when you're good at your job, other people will reward you for that. And you might not be getting the recognition that you want for it, but you're going to consistently have people coming to you and flocking to you. And then your brand will continue to grow and grow and grow. And that's honestly literally been my story. I put myself out there. I, yeah, I sat in front of a microphone and I said my thoughts and people respected it because I had worked for many different organizations, people that knew me in the DMV area knew my sports story and then more people kind of grew on board and I think that's honestly the great thing about today is that especially because of social media you really can get the respect I think that you earn uh, through your content because so it's so much easier for people to flock to you right that's how we all connected through social media we never met in person but that's the great thing about having a brand voice is that people will latch on to what you're saying and if they believe in it and if you're authentically yourself 
I'm telling you all, mark my words, the, the opportunities will continue to come. Just be true to you, be authentic to you, but also find your unique voice in sports. And I think that's when you kind of make that unique niche that people just won't be able to get enough of you. And they'll continue to follow you and watch every single thing that you do. And you guys already know that because I'm seeing the comments here and all of the people that you guys have watching the show. So it's such a great question. But yeah, always remember, don't be new to it. Be true to it. Be consistent in all that you do. No, that's that's absolutely true. And thank you for a compliment as well, because it's absolutely true. If I always say that if, if there's, and we hear it over and over again, if you don't know the answer to something or you don't know a fact about something, just let the person know, be upfront. Hey, we don't, but like, we don't talk all X's and O's on the show because you have, you know, the ESPN is the NFL network center world, the Fox sports where they right. can get that, that information rarely handed, you know, they're available for the most part. But right. for us, it's the same way. We rather speak on something that we know exactly what we're talking about. So you don't, you don't get called out for something that you don't know. Cause I think that's the worst thing. But before I bring up Sean's question, I know Dylan, you had something as well before I bring up uh, Sean's comment or yeah, Sean, Sean's question here. Yeah. So I have a question for you kind of piggybacking off the whole quarterback thing. Obviously quarterbacks has kind of been the big thing right now. A big talk around the world. Obviously yeah. big Ben might be retiring and this might be his yes. last home game on Monday. That's going to be crazy if that is the case. And then yeah. obviously Aaron Rodgers trying to mend relations with <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, kind of talking about the quarterback situation with Washington, where do you see kind of Washington going into this offseason with the quarterback situation? Because as you mentioned, Heineke isn't maybe totally sold yet with the Washington, you know, faithful with the Washington fans. Do you see them maybe trying to go after one of those big players or, you know, maybe a veteran type player? Or do you see maybe going after a draft prospect in the draft? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's the big question here in Washington. Who will that guy be? We've been searching y'all for the franchise quarterback. <laughs> and we're just still looking where the jury's still out on that point. And I'd say, you know, bring up such great questions about quarterbacks. I'd say also we're looking at Russell Wilson and if he'll stay happy um, in Seattle. And then, of course, also the big question mark around Deshaun Watson as we continue to see what plays out with that whole situation. But I'll tell you all this. I think after, I think the draft is something that people are looking at, but I'd say we, we're not as excited about in Washington. And I really see Washington, again, wanting veteran leadership. Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, those didn't work out as I wanted to. But knowing you can get guys that understand the system and can go out to play, because what does Washington have? Young, healthy receivers that you need to get the ball to. And a tight end, and hopefully Logan Thomas, that's able to come back next year. Um, that's great. And you just need somebody that's able to get the ball to him. In the draft, you have a project. You look at the young quarterbacks right now in the National Football League. You look at Zach Wilson right now and what he's done with the New York Jets. You look at Trevor Lawrence and what's happening in Jacksonville. And, you know, even Mike Jones, I think. And even us really seeing his his capabilities and liabilities, right? And so with a young quarterback, it's, it's how long you're willing to go through growing pains and the time is always now in Washington. We're, we're a top market. And this is all the nation's capital. We know about the history of the Washington football team. We know about the changes that the Washington football team has been needing to make. And so I think you look at, especially even you can look at this Eagles game and looking at if we're, we're most likely going to see some Taylor Heineke and some of Kyle Allen. But I think, again, no one's fully sold on those guys. I think Washington is going to be looking at some of those bigger names and hopefully getting a bigger name that can come here to Washington and kind of help to change the tides. Again, Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to be that. We got hurt by what happened with him. But, of course, I mean, injuries happened. Nobody could nobody could have foresaw that would happen in game one and then that he would be unable to play the rest of the season. So I think Washington's very much looking, looking at the draft, but I don't think anybody's really raising that eyebrow for them. I tried to raise my eyebrows, but I couldn't do it well. But I think <laughs> that's the 
looking around the league and trying to find um, that guy that could hopefully suit up here in Washington and be in that top spot. Because you do have Taylor Heineke, who, again, I'd say would be, I think, great as a backup and a guy that could come in and do what needs to be done, but not fully sold if he can be that guy. To me, Taylor Heineke is like that, that compliment right now that Baltimore has with Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley has been playing great football. I'm not writing a note home to my mom like a lot of people are already with such a short sample size, but you know you can trust in him. Washington knows they can trust in Taylor, but is he truly the one that you can believe in? And that belief for long term is something that has many people going like this and scratching their heads. But I'll tell you all, many people wanted Cam Newton to come here during the season. They were like, Ron, you bring everybody from Carolina. Why can't you call Superman? And that didn't happen. Um, but fans, I think, would also love to just get a veteran guy. Russell Wilson has been a name that fans would love here because, as you guys know, he grew up in Richmond. Uh, so kind of getting the ties back home and having the family. He sells a family base here. Um, that would be great to get out here. Aaron Rodgers fans, of course, would love. But who wouldn't love Aaron Rodgers as long as that pinky toe is fine? I think everybody would love to have it. Um, a part of that team. So again, many questions, but I just think after the Dwayne Haskins and the draft, I don't know if Washington's ready yet to trust in another draft quarterback that you have to hope um, pans out. You know, not everybody's going to be Justin Herbert. Yeah. Kelsey, as far as uh, putting your money on it between Rodgers, Wilson, depending on the Deshaun Watson situation, how's that play out? Who would who would be the best fit? to be yeah. quarterback of the Washington football team. You know? Oh, my gosh. You're giving me two great ones that don't even get me started on how great they would be here in Washington. You know, I think, you know, Rodgers, of course, I think everybody would love. I think Russell, with the connections that he has here and how he could be elusive in the pocket but also be a pocket passer, I would not be mad at Russell Wilson here and the system that could work with the Washington football team. One of the reasons why people like Taylor Heineke is because his ability to scramble. That's something that I think you also get with a Russell Wilson type of quarterback. So I would not mind Russell here in DC. Again, I think that's huge. I actually think if Sean Watson's case plays out as his team, of course, is expecting it to hopefully play out for him. Um, I do think Deshaun would actually really be an interesting prospect here. Again, I told you guys the last quarterback that really worked well here in Washington that fans loved was RG3. And you're looking at Deshaun Watson, who's another guy who can get it done on his legs and with his arms. But again, just so many questions around that. But, you know, with Ron Rivera, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls a cat out of a hat and just gets us a guy that nobody's really thinking about but makes it work. And sometimes you don't need the flashiest quarterback. I mean, look what Tennessee Titans were able to do with Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, I would say not the greatest quarterback, right? But he does the job that needs to be done. And that's really what Washington, I'd say, is looking for. You want the franchise guy, but even if they don't get the franchise guy, just the guy who can at least get the get the ball out to the receivers and really lead this team to, at minimum, hopefully getting back to that NFC East Division Championships. But you guys are asking the right questions because the quarterback situation will get you a lot of answers depending on the fans that you're talking to here in D.C. Everybody wants everybody here in Washington. No problem. I, I want to bring up Sean's comment here. And before I say that, Kelsey, there's, we're going to have to have a second show with you sometime in the future, maybe during the offseason here, because there's so many topics that we need to go over as obviously we have, you know, a limited time with you tonight, but we have to come back one night and explore all these different options because I think Aaron Rodgers, and I know that Redline Radio Banner is watching tonight, and thanks for those folks tuning in as well, Dave Wallencheck, but I know they would love Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh. So, and he's talked about how much, yeah. Yet Mike Tomlinson, that he's had many conversations with him, and he says that he really appreciates what Mike has done. And the same yeah. way with the, with the Pittsburgh organization. So that would be interesting for him to maybe want to go out there to Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
And we yeah. remember that bromance that him and Mike Tomlin had that game. We can't remember that, you know, and yeah. I think you say that to say, and as we mentioned on the show, Big Ben, the end of an era, which is crazy for me to say, because I grew up watching AFC North football, the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers battles. Um, and so it's going to be really weird without Big Ben at the helm. But I do think they are going to look for a veteran guy. There's a guy from Washington on that roster, but I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be sold on Dwayne Haskett. And then you look at someone like Mason Rudolph, like I think Pittsburgh's another team that they really want to stay loyal to a guy that can win them games because Pittsburgh's an organization that, that's used to winning. So unlike you, I would actually really like if that happen, happens and we already see him and Tomlin getting along. So I think it would be really interesting if that were to pan out. Yeah, I think so as well. And I want to bring up the comment here because yesterday we heard of the passing of the late great coach, John Madden. And, and we know that for years, uh, the voice, it, you can never replace a voice like that. We have Merrill Reese here in Philadelphia, the, our game day announcer, and he's with Harold Carmichael. But there are certain voices, certain aspects, the same way with Harry Callis with the Phillies. Some people you can never replace back there in the broadcast booth. And I think for John Madden, a lot of people meant a lot to him and him as well to the fans because you always talked about how connected he was. Uh, for the people who always work with him, you never heard anything bad or negative come out of John Madden. And then as you hear the stories coming along, they talked about how he always kept the Madden Cruiser like ice cold. And I guess it was just one of those things that everybody had to kind of deal with. So it's interesting to hear all these different stories about John Madden. And, and of course, these specials coming out, I believe tonight, tonight or tomorrow, might be tomorrow night, actually. That's coming out. And it's a shame because they just put all that together in the hopes of having him on as well. And even though they did a recording with him, but it's it's sad to say that, you know, he passed away even before his own special came out. But thank God he, he made it to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, he will always be remembered as the Raiders coach to bring them their first professional football championship. Uh, so kudos a lot to John Madden. But I know Sean here, he says that, what's up, guys? And it's great to hear the late Sam or to hear the, that late Sam Mills would be a finalist for Hall of Fame. Uh, what is your most memorable John Madden moment when he passed away at 85? To me, it was always the Dallas versus uh, the Turkey game or Eagles game, looks like. Eagles. Yeah. 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 Turkey. Great one. <laughs> I had to look at the icon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. And, you know, may he rest in peace. I think so many of us, you got us into football. You talk about his voice and just what he did for the game. And, of course, we all played Madden um, growing up. But just, again, just what he did for football. I think I was in shock like many people, you know, when I heard he passed away. So we lost an icon. We lost a legend. But he will truly always be remembered. And, you know, as I was watching the Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists being announced today, you know, he was in my head and just thinking, you know, just – what he did for the game of football. So I think it's a tough, tough loss, but talking about a man whose resume and accomplishments speak for themselves. So again, he'll be missed. May he rest in peace and just thoughts and prayers go out to the family. I think so as well. And uh, I know Dave, Dave had a question here. Oh, so Dave, again, from Redline Radio LLC. Now, uh, thanks to Dave and those guys. We, we do a, I'm co-host with them on a Sunday night show from seven to nine o'clock this week, seven to 10, uh, as they do their final show for the year. Uh, Still City Renegades, if you ever get a chance, check that one out as well. But Dave says, who are your picks for the Super Bowl? So great question. I'm going to try to stay true to the picks I had at the beginning of the season. So y'all can look this up. And again, I'm not new to it. I'm true to it. So who my picks were from the AOC, and they've had this reemergence, so they're making me look good, was Kansas City. And as you guys know, it's hard to bet out against Kansas City and seeing that what they were able to just do getting that win, especially without Travis Kelsey. And then from the NFC, I had the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, going there. But the NFC, I'd say, is really interesting, especially as the Cowboys continue to creep up. So it's going to be very interesting. But those were my initial picks. So 
trying to stay true to it, but I'm telling you guys, I'm loving right now what we're getting with football because I think the Colts are making things very, very interesting. Uh, the Bengals and this reemergence, and it's so fun to talk about the Bengals being good again after them being bad for so long. So lots of good teams, but I think I'm, I'm staying true to my initial picks for the Super Bowl. So we'll see who ends up in Los Angeles. All right, in the AFC, it's a dogfight with at least it seven, is. It seven, is. seven so, to ten teams there. So many teams. For jockeying for position for the seventh wild card spot. And then in the AFC, you're looking at the eight and seven teams. So, I mean, right. literally this Sunday is going to matter for so many teams who are trying to get in that playoff position, which makes, I think, our job as sports reporters and journalists just very fun because everything's going to matter. And I think this is why, too, it's been so crazy watching these COVID-19 lists because I'd say COVID has really changed uh, the playoffs for some teams with some of the guys that they have out. And unfortunately, and all the injuries as well that we've seen this football season, but you just never know. I'd say even we talk about that last Washington versus Eagles game. I mean, Washington was not doing too well with their injury and COVID list. Um, and I do think that, of course, played an impact and a part in Washington's game. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been a big one to continue to watch. But as you guys said, we're in for some great football. And I love that we're still counting down to the playoffs, really not knowing all the teams that will make the final cut. I know there's there's teams that they don't like, and and I'll say it myself here is that you know as we talk about the NFC East, yeah, we talked about earlier about the Dallas Cowboys. Now the yeah. Dallas Cowboys, again, as you stated, Kelsey was the surprise team this year to see the breakout season that they're end up having. Uh, yeah. One thing is Dak Prescott, of course, still is trying to come into his own. We know that he has certain flaws, just no different than Jalen Hurts, but he he continues to prove upon him year after year. Now. We also know, which I know that Dallas fans, and, and if you guys, Dallas fans, you want to close your ears here for a second. We also know that the past few seasons that the Green Bay Packers have been their daddy because they've owned the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. And so if it gets down to that point again, and I'll ask you, Kelsey, does Dallas, if and let's just say hypothetically Eagles end up making it in, Eagles play the, the, the Cowboys here on the wild card matchup. But let's just say now Dallas advances – Go to play Green Bay. Does Dallas finally get over that hurdle to beat Green Bay? Oh, my gosh. You know, as much as I know Aaron Rodgers would love to tell another team how he owns them, Dallas looks good this year. That Dallas defense back healthy, seeing how good that they can be, that's what scares me because the offense doesn't even have to be great for Dallas because the Cowboys defense can create turnovers. And that's kind of what has me shaking. So honestly, and as much as it might hurt Washington fans to say this, I think that game could come down possibly to the wire. And the Cowboys have a chance to win. Not going to say they have, they, they will win yet, but they could have a chance to win. I do like what I'm seeing from Green Bay, but I think, their defense, again, is just going to have to be sturdy. But the Dallas Cowboys looking more balanced on both sides of the football. But I do think it will be – they'll be they'll be as good as Dak is. I'll say that. They'll be as good as Dak Prescott can be. And as you said, Dak has to be really good, I think, for them to get that win. I think that Dallas defense with Michael Parsons is as rock solid as you said. But Gregory. I think the last – I mean, to me, the other week when the Cowboys played the Giants, I mean, that offense seems like it's still – struggling and That's I don't even right? I don't even want to even talk about you know the, the game against Washington because to me as I said that defense is carrying that team not oh, that yeah. offense yeah the defense like you said I mean it's right. not 
defense. And that's what's scary because, again, their offense doesn't even have to play perfectly if their defense is able to get turnovers and be able to force stops. And so that's why I think you can't be fully sold on the Dallas Cowboys yet because the offense has to be solid. And, again, we're as good as that Prescott can be, but that defense, when healthy, is very, very good. They have a lot of playmakers. They put the pressure on you. Taylor Heineke saw that firsthand with the Dallas defense coming for him and all the pressure on those dropbacks. But I mean, can you can you ever count Aaron Rodgers out? Um, and I feel like Aaron Rodgers is still on this like FU tour to everyone that like doubted him. So <laughs> well, it seems like Tony Pollard's pounding the ball better than Zeke is. Zeke's not the same player. Question marks around Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I think people are asking big questions about Zeke and the money and like just saying, hey, you know, where is Ezekiel Elliott? Now, even though I think the Washington football team made Zeke look look good again but also <laughs> that was not a good game for Washington like you said Pollard is the guy has become that guy and I think again many people are asking questions about Ezekiel Elliott he's just not being well, seen, seen as the same back let's go back to week three when they blew the Eagles out week three the Eagles aren't the same team from then back yeah. then till now yeah the Eagles are the number one yeah. Russian team in the league so I'll say the Eagles look good, like you said, rushing defensive wise, they look good. And the Jalen Hurts, and I have to tell you all as Philly people, like, I'm so happy for Jalen Hurts because I think for a long time he's been demanding more respect be put on his name as a quarterback. And I feel like finally people are beginning to see uh, what Jalen Hurts can be and what he can really allude to when healthy. And so I think it's been great to see him. We look at a guy who is, is helping to lead his team in rushing and passing, much like Lamar Jackson was in Baltimore before Lamar Jackson went out. So, like I said, this ain't, look, this ain't the same old. Eagles team folks this is a team that you have to take seriously and I think people are beginning to see that which again is why the playoffs just become that much more interesting I think the Eagles have gone up at the right time and unfortunately Washington is going down at the wrong time yeah. um, that's why this game will still be interesting to see if they're able to keep on these strides that both the teams are taking now Dave says how bad does Rodgers want to beat McCarthy McCarthy <laughs> and, and the funny part and I'll add kind of to that as well because they absolutely love Mason Rudolph, but they don't. It's just a joke. But they, they, you know, Mason Rudolph obviously is not the answer for Pittsburgh. And then I, I want to get a little bit too about uh, as far as Dwayne Haskins. But how bad as his, as he stated there, how bad does Rogers want to beat McCarthy? <laughs> Does Rogers like anybody? I'd say he definitely wants to be bad. Like, come on. Um, I get. I think Aaron Rodgers is just on this tour to. And then anytime you get to see the old guy, you know that used to work. But of course, you want to come out on top. This is why we make such a big deal about Brady um, in Belichick. So I think it would be nice. I think it just adds extra drama to the intensity. Um, but again, it's just showing. Yep, I'm still that guy with or without you. So and again, let's be honest. Rodgers doesn't like anybody, I guess, other than his fiance. So. <laughs> He wouldn't mind beating anybody. Oh, it didn't work with Danica Patrick, obviously. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Danica. <laughs> you sure did. Is it Shailene? It's Shailene, I think, right? Shailene Woodley, I think, is the new Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, his, his new fiance. And listen, he's got a lot to think about. I mean, a lot of these teams have a lot to think about here coming during the offseason. I know uh, Mike Tomlinson, I know Dave, one of his questions as well is, what he and, and let's let's just say that that Pittsburgh ends up and I've been saying from the very beginning of the season before it started that Pittsburgh will be able to win a division. Now, as crazy may seem, if Cincinnati loses this weekend, Pittsburgh yeah. still has the opportunity of winning if they can beat, uh, as Dave loves to say, the team that plays in first energy, which is Cleveland Browns. But they have the opportunity to still win that division. But so let's say if the Steelers now go on this two game losing streak, lose w- within the last two. 
is Mike Tomlinson on the hot seat or does he possibly get saved if somehow or another Aaron Rodgers makes it to Pittsburgh? Oh my gosh. I have to say this. I am tired of people talking about Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. This guy has been a proven coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if there's any team that stays loyal to their head coaches, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, no matter what Mike Tomlin does, it seems like people want to keep coming for him. But let's remember in the AFC for a long time, the AFC North, it was either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Like, let's just be honest. No one was thinking about the Browns. The Browns were Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, they were the Bungles. Nobody cared about them. Now this year, as you mentioned, the AFC North is fun football because still it really could be any team, which I think makes it that much more exciting. But Mike Tomlin, he's fine in Pittsburgh, as we've known. We've known ben, Big Ben is on his last leg. If you've seen a Steelers game, you've seen the arm strength, and you've seen what he's able to do. Um, and it had been limited. And I think Big Ben, his contributions have been there. But as you said, there are other quarterbacks. They just haven't been able to trust it. And so I think Mike Tomlin, all you have to do is get a quarterback. But no, Mike Tomlin is fine. He's good in Pittsburgh. I know the Rooney family. Like, I just don't see them making <laughs> I don't see them making that axe decision on a guy who has done so much for that organization and has had much great success with his track record. I believe that NFC NF I'm sorry, AFC North is probably the best division of football as a right. Yeah. For a long time, the quarterback. I mean, you get Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You look at that Bengals team, the Browns, and you look at the weapons around Baker Mayfield, where Baker Mayfield doesn't even have to be perfect because of the weapons around him. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, who, if it wasn't for COVID and all of the injuries, would probably be a top team um, in the AFC. And somehow they're still in the playoff hunt, folks. Like the AFC North has really been, I think, the gift that's kept on giving. And those are games that you truly just never know the outcome, just because, again, it's good football with in that division. So I'm like you, I think all around from top to bottom, and you look at the records in that division, the AFC North, I think has been really a stellar football division where you just get lots of good play on both sides of the football. And the last question that we'll have here before we start kind of wrapping up here. Now I know again, the Browns, I know their, their, their belief is in bigger Mayfield. I personally believe that Baker Mayfield can take him to the Super Bowl and actually win one with him. So I would like to get your take on the last question here as far as can Baker Mayfield, is he the for real deal for Cleveland? And will they keep him after his years? I know his contract's coming up here shortly, but do they keep him? And is he the real deal for Cleveland? You know, it's so funny you asked me this question because I just get off a couple of shows where people just talk about they're tired of seeing Baker Mayfield in all these commercials. They're tired of seeing him. You don't even want to see him on the football field, Kelsey. And I decided to say that I think Baker Mayfield has been this guy that like you either love him or hate him. It's like really two sides of the, the question, I think, with Baker Mayfield. People that like him like you and you probably wanted to hire people on him and then people that just have had enough about Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield, there are questions about him, but I do think he is going to be pretty solid with the Cleveland Browns. Now, does he want a Super Bowl? I'm not going to be that high on Baker Mayfield getting the Browns a Super Bowl because I think even when you look at the Browns and who they have on paper, they have a great team. But the questions have kind of always been around Baker. What can Baker do? Who's the quarterback that he can be? I also had the same thing with the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not fully sold on Jimmy G. They're as good as Jimmy G is or as bad as Jimmy G is. But all that to say, I think Baker will be the guy for now in, with the Cleveland Browns because it's also harder to bring a guy better than Baker in um, to that team and into that locker room. I think they're still giving Baker a chance to prove himself. 
Um, and I think hopefully, hopefully I think now we find a, a head coach that matches Baker and a head coach that has found success with Baker, which I think has also been a piece of the problem, our piece of the pie. Um, but I, I just, I just don't, I don't see Baker in the Browns, especially as we talked about in the AFC North, it's just going to be tough sledding, tough sliding for him, especially when we're saying how good Joe Burrow can be and he's still so young and then what we know Lamar Jackson can be and has been um, being so electric. So I think he's just going to have a hard time coming, but I'm just not ready to say Browns and Super Bowl in the same sentence with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and stranger things can happen. We'll see. But uh, as Dave said, he said Baker is far from uh, the quarterback there. Put Watson on that team, they win the Super Bowl. But again, Ooh, we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to have to see what's going to happen here with uh, with Deshaun Watson because there's still a lot of things can go wrong. And uh, Adrian, co-worker here, says Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I want to give a shout out to my Hispanic friends, host Angel, Little Carlos representing Telecom, Central Bowl Eagles. <laughs> kind of love Adrian. <laughs> And hopefully, Adrian, I hope you and your families find out there in Ocala. And thanks for uh, for tuning in here at the last minute. But Kelsey, before we start going through the people that we would like to thank, I want you to let everyone know exactly how they can reach you and or follow you, at least on social media as well. Yes, of course. Well, thank you, fellas, for having me. Always a joy and a blast to talk football. And again, thank you for giving me football on this Thursday night. I thought I was just going to be heartbroken and sad, but lo and behold, I got to come on this show. But everyone can follow me, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. That's where all my personal information is. Also check me out on social media, The Real K Nelson. I'm also on Facebook, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Again, I'm on everything, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn for the professional folks. So come and find me, interact with me, tweet at me. I love doing sports talks with the folks. So check that out. And also check out my show, Listen In with KNN on Fox Sports Radio. And you can also go to listeninwithknn.com. And one last thing for those in education, also please check out booksbreakingborders.com. We're getting ready for 2022 and looking for volunteers to help me host book drives and spelling bees and helping to build libraries and communities. So Excited for all that, hoping everybody can follow along. That's that's and, and I forgot that's right about your as far as your 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 radio show you do as well. So that's why I said, listen, I don't know how you get the time to breathe a little bit and coming on and doing things you do. But again, as you stated, if you put in the hard work, people will start coming to see you. They will follow yeah. you and they will, and they will direct you in the right ways. And I mean, you, we can see it again with everything you have stated just on your website alone. So again, thanks for coming on with us tonight. Uh, Dave says we need her for Steel City Renegades. I will. I will Dave, I will we'll talk off air. <laughs> we'll have, uh, we'll make it, we'll see if we can make that happen. Thanks to Chris and everyone who uh, made their comments tonight. Sean, uh, Chris, thanks, uh, thanks again. Also for, um, good Lord, I forgot his name already, not Sean. I'll think about it before we sign off here. But for BigSargeSports.com, our special media partner, we have BigSargeSports.com. You guys can check them out with Andy Kalu and In the Trenches. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as far as when it comes to Big Sarge, he's on there from 10 a.m. to 12 Central Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time. So check out uh, Andy Kalu and Big Sarge, but also make sure you check out BigSargeSports.com. Great content, which he has his own show that he uh, he broadcasts as well during the week. So check out the lineup there on BigSargeSports.com. Also, thank you to Tampa Joe's, TampaJoes.com. Serious food, fun place. They will have a New Year's Eve dinner if you guys can see it up there online. So if you look at TampaJoes.com, you can also visit them at 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida, where it's always warm. It's always endless summers. I'm trying to sell Kelsey here a little more here in Florida, but it's, <laughs> it's always endless summers down here in Florida. So check them out uh, down here at TampaJoes.com, home of the Philly of the South, the official fan club of Broad Street South, and where all the Eagles fans go to watch the game. So they will be there this Sunday to check out the game. But again, 
New Year's Eve. Check out the lineup there for Tampa Joe's as well as lgdirect.net. If you guys need credit card and or payment solutions and or even apparel, please reach out to Larry Gilman at lgdirect.net. Also to uh, Steel Steady Renegades, as you guys have seen with Dave Wallencheck, 7 to 9 o'clock p.m. on Facebook. You guys see him still see the Renegades. Also, thanks to Dave for Redline Banner, RadioLSC.com, and also with Redline Banner, which we promote the show as well on Thursday nights. Uh, Crystal Clean, make sure you guys check out also crystalclean.biz. She is hiring at the moment to make sure she can get the proper people to come into your establishment to give you a clean home and or a clean environment. So please visit crystalclean.biz. There you go. Thank you there, uh, DJ Montage, for bringing it up there. So Crystal Clean Cleaning Service. Check her out. She's also on Facebook, but crystalclean.biz. And with that being said, I believe I covered everyone. If I didn't, I apologize. But again, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming with us tonight. We do appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, again, are terrific. Thank you just for having me. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Have a safe New Year's Eve. Please, please, please. And just wishing everyone continuous safety and a great 2022. We're going into this together. Just bye, guys. Appreciate the time. Thank you all for just being great hosts. Oh, you're welcome. No problem whatsoever. Kelsey, I had one quick question for you. Of course. What's your prediction on the Eagles-Washington game? Oh, you had to do this. You had to put me on the spot, Mike. All right, Mike. Let's see. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. But you know what? Washington has a lot of adversity, but the Eagles need this win. I'm looking at Miles Sanders and that broken hand and him not being in the game. This is a tough one. But Washington needs to bounce back. Ron Rivera you know what? I'm going to do 24-21, Washington getting the win. Wow. All right. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a dog fight. It'll be good. I'm excited for this game. I will be watching very intently. Um, so we're looking forward to that one. That's such a great one. Hopefully we get some good weather. I don't know if we'll have Tampa weather, but hopefully it's some nice weather. For <laughs> I'll try to package up to you and put in a FedEx box. You already there for I would FedEx love one. that. I would love that. That's one of the things that on the East Coast, especially in DC, you just never know the weather, what we're gonna get. So you yeah. guys are doing that warm weather for me. <laughs> that, Time to ground the, oh God, the man to call you off. Oh, no. I, listen, I, I I love. I was born and raised in Philly. I don't miss the cold weather. I don't miss the fall. I don't miss any of that stuff. So I've been enjoying it down here for the last three years. So I, I'm I jealous. I'm, sorry, I'm jealous, Angel. And I just started watching Selling Tampa, by the way, on Netflix. And I just look at the palm trees and the sun, and I'm just like, huh, oh, must be nice. Must be nice. Y'all are spoiled down there. Share the wealth. Share the sunshine with some. <laughs> that we are. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fuji. Go ahead. I was gonna say deep. December, January weather, ground and pound. Pound that football. Yes, but that's why we like it. And this is why this is a fun time for football fans. And then we know the games matter so much more. And also, shout out to the extra game that we got this season. Can't can't be mad. Remember that. Before I do forget, because I want to make sure I forgot my young Dylan Spalling here, our local Tampa correspondent. Dylan, tell everyone about your show tomorrow night. So I got a big show tomorrow night, Plan. It's my official New Year's batch. I am approaching 200 episodes on my podcast. So we're going to talk baseball tomorrow. We're going to talk for an hour and a half. We've got baseball stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to have some non-alcoholic drinks. 19 years old. Got to play it safe there. We're going to have some non-alcoholic drinks. Going to recap my 2021 year, which was obvious. It was really incredible. What an amazing year it was. And then heading into 2022, I got some amazing stuff planned. I got a second podcast that will be coming out where I'll talk – 
football, basketball, and all other sports outside of baseball. So I'm really, really excited for what's to come on my own personal podcast. And I'm excited to see as well what you'll be able to do as well for 2022, Kelsey. That's exciting. We're rooting for you, Dylan. Congrats on 200 episodes. I just did 200 episodes. That's a huge feat. That is not easy. So I'm very, very proud of you. I'll have to check that out and just keep up the good work. And you are 19 doing this. I'm excited. Sky is the limit. One day we're all going to be working for you, Dylan. (laughs) That's true. It's so true. You never know. You never know what happens. It, and but he doesn't like to say it, but he actually started when he was 14 years old. Very shy. He doesn't like to say about oh it too much. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. so awesome. That's how you do it, though. That's how, look, there's no age limit on when you can start in this business. And the earlier you start, the better. I wish I would have started even earlier. Right. But now with technology and you got these things, everybody who wants to be in sports reporting should be putting out content. No excuses. That's true. That's so true. But listen, thanks to everyone again who tune in from overseas out there in Brazil and here stateside. Thanks again to Kelsey for DJ Montage there, video production side for Debbie, my producer over at Studio B for Mike Dillon. We hope that everyone enjoys their new years. Please be safe and we will see everyone in 2022. <laughs>